This Week in Startups is brought to you by RX Bar. Turns out real food ingredients actually taste really good. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com twist and enter promo code twist at checkout. Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code twist to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And Campaign Monitor email marketing platform used by more than 250,000 businesses worldwide. Try Campaign Monitor for free at campaignmonitor.com slash twist. Listeners who sign up and become a customer receive a free t-shirt. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Startups, the show where we talk to founders about building startup companies that hopefully change the world, make money. And today on the program, I'm very pleased to have the co-founder and CEO of Blavity. Her name is Morgan Debon, and she is doing what is, in my estimation, as a digital media content producer, the hardest thing you can do in the entrepreneur space, which is building a house of brands. That's what you're building at Blavity, is a house of different content brands. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. And lifestyle brands. And lifestyle brands. So... Uh, how did this all get started, and why did you start Blavity? Yeah, so I started Blavity. Uh, I'll take you back a little bit. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Um, and I actually wanted to be a teacher when I grew up. So Good I pizza. Like, Great pizza, emails. People don't know that. St. Louis has thin crust pizza that's Absolutely. very good. With provolone. Yes. yes. I was about to say, with provolone, <laughs> which I this is a totally aside. I'm sorry for interrupting your origin story, but you must know that Tony's mm-hmm. Napolitano here has St. Louis style pizza with provolone. It You've does. had it? Yes. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's life changing. It's so good. Either yes. you love it or you hate it. So there's probably people no. moaning I'm hearing us say that. New York. <laughs> the only thing that you should hate in terms of pizza is Chicago deep dish because that's just soup Ouch. in a bread bowl. I'm sorry to the people <laughs> of Chi Town, but. Emo's for life. Emo's yeah. Stainless pizza for life. Stainless pizza. Okay. Um, so, you know, I went to Wash U and, and wanted to be a teacher to change the world. That was what I was going to do, like one student at a time. And uh, I quickly realized that the best teachers, you know, when you study to be a teacher, you have to go into the school systems and actually sit and do your hours. And I realized that the best principals and, and teachers were totally restricted by laws, right? It's like you got to teach the test. There's all these things happening, particularly in St. Louis at the time. And so I was like, all right, I'll be a politician. No problem. Um, so, <laughs> right. Again, this is like, you know, 18-year-old naive yeah. Morgan. And um, I was like, great. So I ran for student body president, class president, and I won a student body president and got to sit on the board of trustees as like the student representative and you get to vote and like all these great things. And um, then I was like, who are these people that are t- making rules about what classes we take and uh, where we live and everything related to campus life. And they they don't even live in St. Louis. They're just like flying in. They've never mm. been to Wash U before. And I mean, that's similar of, of a lot of boards now. I know that. Um, is that it's about power and influence. And so the question then became, how do I help my community as quick as possible uh, get access to these types of resources and information? And the internet was the fastest way. So I moved to Mountain View at the time. Uh, to work it into it. And that's how I kind of started this journey into Silicon Valley and tech. And um, What did you do at Intuit? I was a product manager. Really? Yeah, on mobile app and payroll. So you just yeah. taught yourself that skill or they had a training program or something? Yeah, I was in one of their training programs. So huh. It was a rotational development program was for it two good? years. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, 
I you, think so. <laughs> you were living in Mountain View. Which and, was miserable, yes. Which, yeah, wow. Yeah, that was pretty bad. So, Party scene in Mountain View. It's just incredible. Castro Street. Yeah, right? absolutely crazy there. So um, my now co-founder, who's our CTO, was at Palantir, and they had free food. So ah. I was like, let me go to Palantir in Palo Alto. Yes. Um, hang out with him for a while, and we were building different things. Um, and he also went to WashU, and we had this this feeling of, you know, why do we feel so lonely but we love our jobs. Like we, mm. we love this idea of innovation and creativity and building things, but we're building things for people that we don't really have a passion for mm. or communities that we don't have a passion for. Um, Accountants and, and FBI, like CIA, NSA <laughs> right. officers. Yeah. How could you, I find it hard to believe that you couldn't be passionate about empowering the NSA. Exactly. <laughs> that part. <laughs> Shout out to Palantir. Shout out Palantir. <laughs> if the NSA is listening, and I know they are. <laughs> they definitely are. Um, so, you know, Blavity is really kind of a combination of like, how do we, asking this question of like, how do we create content and spaces and, um, brands that are speaking to the black millennial demographic, which is like the most engaged online, um, spends tons of money. You know, the black consumer has over a trillion dollars in spending power and influences, as we know, most of, of culture in America yeah. and around the world. So um, media was the fastest way to grow a big audience. So you just decided to start a content site, like a blog. Yeah, in, in some ways. You know, I think I'm not a journalist. I don't, I don't mm. necessarily carry that hat. Um, but really it was, the question was like, how do we start something that we can get a lot of people on board, um, to rally around this mission of creating experiences and content that are a reflection of our own stories. And this was also around the time that Mike Brown happened. And so, you know, I was sitting in San Francisco right down the street and, um, St. Louis was on fire. And I could see the difference. This was before Facebook had trending and Twitter had an algorithm and all these things. And I could see the disparity of information between like what was really happening and what was being shown on these social networks. This was when Periscope and Vine yeah. and all this stuff. Um, it was crazy to watch. It was insane. And it was yeah. even more insane, like having an inside look at what was actually happening and, and then seeing how like technology played a role in access to information sure. um, and accuracy of information and black media didn't step up to the plate. And I was like, yeah. we got to do it. Uh, so how does it go from being a side hustle to a venture backed $6.5 million company? Cause you yeah. raised six and a half million dollars from yeah. Google ventures and others. Yep, yep. That's a big deal. That was a lot of fun. And content is usually a really non-fundable by venture capitalists. The number of content companies that have been backed is like, you know, under 10. Right. BuzzFeed. Yep. Maybe Business Insider. Gawker, Refinery, I guess. 29. Refinery 29 is venture backed. It seems like, oh, um, what's the other one? Vice. Vice, Brit & Co. It's another Brit one. Brit & Co. Like was like a product up. plus content. Exactly. It's hard. Yeah. How did you get from, you know, creating the site to, getting enough revenue and or reach to clear market with Google Ventures? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, so one, we have an audience that is incredibly engaged. Um, and because we have a variety of brands, you know, Blavity is something that people um, interact with on a daily basis. And, and the audience, again, is just really large, mm. right? When you think about the influence <clears throat> of the black consumer, um, we can send out a tweet or send out something in our daily newsletter. We email hundreds of thousands of people a day. You have like half a million 
emails or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. Yeah, it's So when lot. you email something, it drives serious change. You can drive, exactly. And, yeah. and I think as we get larger and as we think about building the technology behind our different brands and our platform, we have our own content management system as well. You think about the insights that you can get on trends and things that are happening. Um, so, you know, this raise was was definitely all about our engineering and, and data infrastructure that we're building. And this recently happened, the raise, right? Yep, this was this past summer. This past summer. Mm -hmm. And before that, you bootstrapped? You had angel investors? I had uh, some institutional investors as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so I've raised a little less than um, $9 million. A little less than $9 million. How many full-time employees now? 45. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people hanging out in downtown That's a lot of mouths to feed. Well, luckily, of... it's in L.A. where it's half the price. It's a lot of benefits. Well, but it's also half the cost of living. Like, when you're hiring. Compared to where? Here. Well, San Francisco. San Francisco. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, you know. <laughs> From the places that people gave you the money. I mean, I remember when I started Mahalo, uh, which is now called Inside, they were blown away when I showed them how many, the venture capitals were blown away, what the cost was in LA. They were right. like, you can hire people for $50,000 to do something? Right. Or $40,000? I was like, yeah, it's like a lot of people. Right. Like, do you know what a journalist gets paid in LA? Like 35 to 45K. Right. Like, it's not, they're like, oh, I thought they got paid 150K. I was like, no, yeah. that's like three people at TechCrunch who are like brand name superstars. Exactly. Um, and right. that's why I moved the company, right? So I started it here. And when... Couldn't find any writers? No, I could find writers. Um, our, all of our writers are actually remote, in mm. fact. Um, Smart. Yeah, that helps a lot, right? Yeah. Um, but we couldn't... There was no way we were going to be able to grow as quickly as I wanted to grow with the mm. amount of capital that I was able to raise in San Francisco when I'm competing constantly for talent. Um, Los Angeles, from a diverse startup perspective, I mean, we're the biggest black startup in, in LA um, by far. And then this new raise, we're opening an office in Atlanta, actually, and moving our, our engineering to Atlanta. I didn't, I didn't even consider that. You also want to have black writers or yeah. team members because there's Blavity. Yes. And there just aren't as many... African-Americans in the Bay Area for you to hire. And I'm certainly not going to compete against Facebook and Google for those few engineers that do exist. Yeah. Right? So we can Brutal. have a huge competitive advantage being on the East Coast. It's a great arbitrage because if you raise the money here and then you move there, VCs love to get on a plane and go to L.A. for a day or two because love it's it. so nice down there. So much fun. They have so much fun. <laughs> they go to all these great restaurants. They go to clubs. They go to the beach. Yeah. It's like really like... All the VCs I know are just like, oh, yeah, I love investing in companies right. down there. We have a board meeting in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. They, they're like, yeah, I could do the board meetings up here. It's like, no, 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 no. Keep them in L.A. Exactly. All right. When we get back, I want you to go through the other brands that you've uh, incorporated into Blavity and then how you're going to deploy this money. And I also want to understand a little bit about how advertisers um, react to this kind of a vertical approach mm -hmm. and how do you compete with the Google, Facebook, advertising, industrial complex, which took 90% of the growth in advertising last year, went to two companies. How does a little tiny enterprise like Blavity compete against that when we get back on This Week in Startups? I want to tell you about one of my favorite things in the world to eat, and that is the RX Bar. I kid you not. Yes, they're a sponsor, but they are also one of my favorite uh, bars to eat in the world. They, one of the great foods I eat on a regular basis. Why do I like these? Because they're all natural. And it is full of protein. They're made with 100% natural ingredients. No fillers, no additives, chemicals, or added sugar. Nope. 
super simple. It's like eating three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds. No BS. And it tastes delicious. I'm just going to tell you right now, this chocolate sea salt one is addicting. For me, this is like an adult Snickers bar, except without the guilt. And what I do is I put these in my backpacks. I put them in the car glove compartment and in the storage bins. I put them in my desks because often I'm working really hard grinding it out on my startup and I forget to eat. And let me tell you something, this chocolate sea salt, you're going to hear me opening it. You might hear a little crackling at this very moment and they have 14 delicious flavors and they use the egg whites for protein. I'm going to have a little bite here right now. Oh. Mmm, so good. It's not professional for me to chew and eat this during the podcast, but I have to tell you, I love it. Breakfast on the go, snack at the office, on the plane, and I'm constantly handing them to people. I'll be in the incubator if somebody's low energy. I just toss them an RX bar. Oh my God, so delicious. And so many different flavors, but you really want to get this one, the chocolate sea salt. Mmm, mmm. You ever have that sea salt on chocolate with the high-end chocolate? It tastes so good. That's the RX bar with chocolate and sea salt. There's a mint chocolate. There's a peanut butter chocolate. There's a bunch of different flavors. Blueberry. Some people are crazy about the blueberry here. That goes very quick. But here is a call to action that you're not going to believe. 25% off your first order if you order directly from RX bar by going to RXbar, rxbar.com slash twist and enter the promo code twist at checkout i did this myself i kid you not i used my own promo code for this and i bought like 10 boxes and i just put them everywhere so that i know if i i don't want to make that bad decision you ever make that bad decision and you pound like some terrible junk food this is the way to not make a bad decision rx bar thank you so much rx bar for sponsoring this week in startups and for making such a great product i truly do love it and trust me, I don't have to read this ad. I read this ad because I love this product. That's why I put it on my shelves and I give it to my family and my friends. rxbar.com slash twist. rxbar.com slash twist. Enter the promo code twist at checkout for 25% off. Let's get back to this amazing program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This Week in Startups. My guest today, Morgan Debon. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's correct. All right, good. I got it right. She's the co-founder and CEO of Blavity since 2014 when she started it. Raised $9 million, over 4 million followers on social. That's critical. And uh, over a half million emails. And then some amount of traffic on the web. Lots of traffic on the web. Uh, let's work backwards. I want to start with this really pressing issue, which is the media business has been dying. Right. Because Facebook and Google have so much data that they can target and micro-target and retarget so effectively that... All the magazines in the world and local newspapers are dying, mm -hmm. yet you raised money and you have Buick, Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, John St. John's, Pinterest, Lyft, Airbnb, et cetera, yada, yada. How do you compete when your sales team goes in against people being able to get clicks cheaper or maybe even better targeting than you could ever provide? Right. How does that work? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and uh, I think it's something that we spend a lot of time thinking about how do we engage deeply with our audience in a mm. way that they trust us, right? And so that is our main um, internal kind of guiding principles. Is this something that is going to break trust or build trust with our community? Mm. And because of that, trust is something you can't really quantify um, from a like 
you know, how much do you trust Google or Facebook? You see an ad on Facebook or Google or even Amazon soon. Um, well, we are kind of already see ads on Amazon. Yeah, they've got like a multi-billion dollar yeah. ad business but they built very quietly. Insane. Yeah. Um, Why is it about to be insane? Because we're all using Amazon so much more. I mean, you uh. think about just Whole Foods, like I'm changing my consumer behavior and people are changing their consumer behavior. Um, so they'll see ads actually on Amazon.com. Yeah. I guess they also have Twitch, which is and a lot of emails. Ads. The emails yeah. confirming your purchases. I mean, it's going to be everywhere. Oh, right. They could put the ads in your email confirmations. Yeah. Oh, boy. Think about how many email confirmations you get from Amazon Prime. My house looks like a UPS depot. <laughs> like, my garage is filled with boxes. It's horrible. I have such a heavy Amazon finger. I just click, 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 click. And, and it's all so cheap. Alexa's like, do you need toilet paper? I'm like, how did you know, Alexa? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, mm, you don't want to know how she knows. <laughs> She's got her ways. <laughs> right. But, you know, uh, so so for Blavity, we, we are a brand that people trust. And um, the lifestyle brands that we have again, have incredibly high engagement. So people are going on to Travel Noir, which is one of our travel and lifestyle brands, and they're looking for trips to go on. So partnering with American oh. Airlines or um, Marriott um, is beneficial because then we can say, great, you should file on, Amazon, on American Airlines. Um, here's your discount code, right? We're going to give you something of value. And here's your itinerary. When you land in Paris, this is where James Baldwin hung out. This is your entire itinerary. And they trust us. Um, to be able to give them a great experience. Ah, so that's commerce as well there. So you're getting those commissions on those hotel rooms, yep. which are So we get affiliate links, and then we also do branded content um, and premium content upsell. So you might buy that guide to Paris from us. Ah, that seems to be the one weapon that Facebook and Google don't have in their arsenal is the ability to create custom content. How do you do that right. without compromising the editorial or is that just a Gen X, like, oldster view of the world that the editorial shouldn't be touched by advertising? Seems like young people don't care. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Um, I think that... What's wrong with you people? Yeah. Why don't you care? And I think people who are younger than me care even less. It's just they, an expectation, like, oh, yeah, you're going to use my data. At least make the ads amazing. Like, no, no, what I'm talking about is content, though. When you see content, like, on BuzzFeed that's, like... Yeah in between the actual content and you can't tell and it's sponsored content. Oh, yeah, right. That kind of sponsor content, you do well, that to me, too. That's my point. It's like, that's an ad, right? Yeah. So I think the point is like, if you're going to target me on Buzzfeed, at least make it good. Got right. It. Like, cause I may click it. So when I'm mm -hmm. on Instagram and I'm on stories and Glossier is targeting me, I sometimes I like watch those because mm -hmm. they're like showing me how to do my eyebrows. So that I don't feel mm -hmm. as bad about it being an ad because it's content. Yeah. See, I when I was growing up in the you're a millennial. Mm -hmm. I'm Gen X. So this is a very Gen X millennial talk. Uh, the baby boomers, the generation above us, who were teaching us how to be journalists in the 90s mm -hmm. would sit us down and you can't accept a cup of coffee right. if you go out with the subject. Right. You, If you get a car to review, the New York Times told me this when I was starting Weblogs, Inc. and Autoblog. I asked them, like, what's the standard with, like, cars? So, like, we will get a review car, mm -hmm. but we will not let them pay for the gas in it. We return it with the same amount of gas because we don't want them to ever be it's able like to take that. And we'll only take it for as long as we actively are using it for the review, which is, like, three days. Right. But then other people, like Jalopnik, which was my competition at the time when I did Autoblog, they were going on junkets. They were flying first class to, like, Germany to go on right. the Autobahn. They would give them cars for six months. It's like, well, the journalist who gets a car for six months, 
they're going to be really nice to Kia or Volvo or whoever gave it to them, making up those names. But your generation doesn't look at it that way. They're just like, eh, everybody's got to get paid, so whatever. Advertisers are advertisers. The audience is smart enough to figure it out. I think so. I think for news, we certainly Mm -hmm. have a higher threshold for, you know, very much church and state separation. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our sales team and our editorial team there's no back and forth conversation, right. but for lifestyle content that's evergreen, um, that's about recommendations, you know, yeah, it, it's available for sale. What about this new thing? Like I saw on Business Insider, they do insider picks, or in the final days of Gawker, it seemed like they had a lot of like uh, roundups for products, right? And it seems like that deal kind of product thing has become the easiest or most vibrant way to make money. Is it? I don't know. We don't actually do that. So Mm. that's that comes down to like product recommendations and affiliate links, right? And like cost pay per click. I don't know that you can really do that Mm. these days. I mean, people can find that so easily. You can search that and and find it. It has to be really specific Mm. um, to your demographic and and even a a niche as ours. Um, I don't know. I don't Mm. know that that's going to be the right route for us. Explain to me how you use social versus like just putting stories on the web. What are the, yeah. because I do know in urban culture, black culture, mm-hmm. Instagram is huge. Yep. Black Twitter, huge. Huge. Vine, it was very huge, but. Instagram uh, kind of took that over. Instagram kind of took that over. Yeah. Uh, but these companies don't court the urban market at all. They don't yeah, actually yeah. even care about the top people like Nicki Minaj is like In fact, 50 million people it to some extent it feels like they do suppress suppress it because like black Twitter was totally black Twitter suppressed. is see, people don't understand this I was explaining to somebody like they customize your trending your topics trending. and the the black community is so strong on Twitter that as a cis white guy I'm like trying to back into what exactly does this Twitter handle <laughs> uh, I need to ask somebody who's black what does this hashtag mean right and eventually I get it through you know, click, click, clicks. It takes me a, it takes yeah. me a couple minutes. Right. But they suppressed those because they felt like black Twitter was taking over Twitter. Which is, isn't the point of like technology that the best content wins. Like yeah. the whole point of trending was to no, show people not what, was content. like the velocity of, yeah. of people talking about a certain issue. Right. That means it's trending. I absolutely remember back in the day, it was called like late night or late shift Twitter, right. which was like at night, in um, on the East Coast, so around six or seven o'clock here in in California, you would just start to see all the black trends on on Twitter would take over. Yeah, um, and then they're like, you know what? We have to reconsider these trends. Yes, yeah, so trending topics too black. Let's make them customized. Right by a city. By city. Right. AKA, no more black people exactly. in your feed. So that was kind of it's a problem whack, to but use a term. This is why we need to be building tech companies that are like black tech companies in a lot of ways. I mean, I think that's more motivation than, than anything. I knew this was a a huge issue when I, I met uh, King Bach batch, King Mm -hmm. batch. Mm -hmm. I was just at a paper magazine party down in, uh, at art Basel and I meet him and we knew each other from online and he was the number one Viner. Yes. And I said to him, I said, wow, you must be making them a ton of money. Like, do you have equity? Paid. Do you get paid? Or how do how do they interact with you or whatever? It's like, I don't know anybody at Twitter or Vine. I'm like, right. wait a second. You're the number one artist on the platform. Right. And they don't know who you are? Right. I was like, 
Isn't that crazy? No, it's totally robbery, right? I mean, yeah. I think in a lot of conversations, like a lot of creators feel that same way about YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, Facebook, I think, is is dabbling with trying to figure out how do you pay people for their content creation. Yeah, we'll but, see of that. That's They, they keep know. claiming they're going to do it, and they have never shared a dollar with anybody. Right, except for like BuzzFeed. Yeah, they did like a little experiment, right, where they're like, we're going to do videos, we'll pay, and then right. they deprecated that as well. They right. shut that down. right. Yeah, see, this is why Facebook is so hated because they don't share anything. And then when you build up a big audience, they, they do what Twitter pay. did, which is like they algorithm you and they're right. like, yeah, you're too popular. Or you have to pay. You have to pay to reach the people that I just... Your own audience. Yeah. It's, it's insanity. I mean, so many media companies have been totally crushed in the last nine months because of all the algorithm changes. Yeah, this is why I think you're smart to get emails. Like, I'm 100% focused yeah. with Inside.com on just email. Mm-hmm. And then also phone numbers. So I started like my own oh. little SMS phone number in my CMS because I was like, and I think we got 16. Are you texting them every day? Yeah, it's a little test. It's called Inside Essential Alert. So my idea is if you signed up for Inside AI or Inside San Francisco, we'll send you two or three texts a day. Mm-hmm. But just like keeping you up to date, not spammy. And uh, we don't even put the link in. We just tell you what's happening. Like the San Francisco, Golden Gate Bridge, had a crash, two people oh. died, boom. You're done. You just like you look at it on your phone. You go back to your life, right? Because they can't stop you if you have email, right, or phone numbers. But they can stop you with Google SEO. Yep. They can de- remember Google in- Reader or Google Google, Google RSS Reader. Reader. Yeah, They're just like, yeah, thing. we'll pull the plug on this. All right. When we get back, I want to talk about the other brands because we we didn't get to those yet. I know you have three or four other brands, and I want to go through how you pick a brand and how you deploy it when we get back on this week in startups. If you have a great idea and you want to turn it into a beautiful new website, use Squarespace, where you can blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, and promote your physical or online business, announce an event, or do a special project. Of course, you know you'll get beautiful templates that are customizable and power e-commerce, powerful e-commerce functionality that's optimized for mobile and you can buy domains, choose from 200 plus extensions, get great analytics, and you will get free and secure hosting and their 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. We use it all the time. Go check out the Launch Angel Summit or Launch Festival, Launch Festival Sydney, or Launch.co, all running on beautiful Squarespace sites. So here is your call to action, everybody. Go to squarespace.com and get a free trial. Then, when you're ready to launch, use the promo code TWIST and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, make beautiful websites and get all that powerful e-commerce functionality and you'll be optimized for mobile. It's a really great service. We love it and use it here every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This Week in Startups. I'm your host, Jason Calacanis. You can find me on the Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Jason or Instagram at Jason. I'm just showing off <laughs> to at Morgan. I'm sure you have at Morgan, right? At Morgan Debon. How come you don't early, have at Morgan? I wasn't early enough for at Morgan. I don't know who has it. Now I got to go find that person in SF. You just have to have the hookup. Got to know people. Jack, what's up? What's up, Jack? Can we get Morgan at Morgan? Uh, and Morgan is, of course, the co-founder and CEO of Blavity, uh, which is a collection of sites, uh, Shadow and Act 2190, mm-hmm. which is health and wellness. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, 2990? Yeah, 2190. It takes 21 days to form a habit and about 90 days to change your lifestyle. Got it. Oh, here's Morgan. Morgan Phillips. Who is this guy? He doesn't Mostly even live UCB. in SF. He does comedy. 6,700 so followers. I have more followers than him. This guy's not even tweeting. He's tweeting whack stuff like... Somebody find him. 
Yeah, Morgan. How much do people pay for Twitter handles these days? Is that a thing? You're technically not allowed to buy a handle. Oops. But you could do a favor <laughs> for somebody. Okay, and gift and gift them some money. You could gift. You could. Here's what you could do. I'm not Why saying. Why do you know this? <laughs> listen, come on, man. I'm a professional. Uh, at inside at Jason at launch. Fair. Okay. Fair. I have a couple of Twitter handles of note, but here's how you do it. You, if you met a person, I've heard, a friend who's not me had met a person who had a premium Twitter handle, mm-hmm. and he hired that person as a consultant for five thousand okay. dollars or so mm-hmm. to help him with his social media strategies. Huh? Fair. And as part of that process in evaluating the strategy, <laughs> he thought that it might be helpful that they have a better, more premium handle, which he gifted to him. Seems reasonable. Which was completely separate and independent of the $5,000 he paid him for one hour of social media consultants. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a pretty good idea, right? It's a good idea. You have to separate it. So like, Yeah. Um, Thank you for your services. Although I will say having at Jason on Instagram is a gift and a curse because I cannot use my notifications feed because everybody in the world is just at Jasoning their random friends. So much so that I get added to group discussions with people. Oh my God. So I was on a group discussion with a bunch of like 12 or 13 year old girls in high school. That's so good. And they were saying all this crazy stuff. And I was like, guys, I can't be in here for this. (laughs) Then a bunch of guys in Brazil added me to their group and they realized that it wasn't their friend Jason. And all they do all day is give each other memes and now I'm part of their group. So now I share <laughs> memes with them. And they're sharing memes with me. And then they're like, yo, J-Cal, can we get signed copies of the book? And That's we're so gonna come good. through, hey, when we roll through San Francisco, can we hang? And I'm like, actually considering that these guys are like my friends. Definitely. And that I might need to hang with them. But they're all like 17 or 16 or 18. That's amazing. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's gonna be like a good story at some point. Um, and you are doing uh, Afrotech. Explain what that is. November 8th, 9th, and 10th here in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, the largest gathering of black people in tech. Absolutely. So Afrotech is like launch. Right. But for black folks. There you go. <laughs> Who knew? That's uh, what it is. Exactly. How do you feel about, let's get into uh, Silicon Valley and race. Sure. You can talk about that. You can speak for all black people, I assume. I can speak for all white people. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, it, do you feel you've been in the game for a little while now? Do you feel it's gotten better? Do you feel as an African-American founder, you have to work harder to get the same result from investors? Or do you feel that maybe it's flipped now and you're getting considered more and you get more speaking gigs because people are trying to have more diversity and they're so active on it? Right. Are both of those things true or neither? So I think that... Um one, I do think it's better. I do think it's getting better. I mean, I think about some of the OGs in the black tech space, like Paul Judge or mm-hmm. even Ken Coleman. You know, like these are people who've been here for 50, 60, well, not not Paul Judge, but Ken Coleman. Yeah, I'm an investor <laughs> in Paul Judge. He's yeah, my friend. Not, we not Paul Judge. Yeah. Sorry, he's Paul. Not, he hasn't been in the business for 56 years. Sorry, so I think Paul. more 40. Yeah. Paul, but looks like he's 20. He looks like he's... 22, yeah. I mean, I saw him on Instagram uh, and he was at Burning Man and yeah. the guy looks like The Rock. Black don't crack. Unbelievable, Paul. <laughs> I'm just so jelly. But, um, you know, I think that it's 
they would say this is way better yeah. than it ever was, cool. right? Even the fact that we could sit here would be yeah. an accomplishment, right? Um, I think that... Having raised $10 million. Yes, certainly an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, I think that um, even in the last four years or three years, having started Afrotech, which is, again, the tech conference, it is such a popular conference. It sells out two, three weeks in advance. Mm. People are, are trying to sneak in to a black tech conference. Yeah. Like people will fly in and not have a ticket and be like, hey, I'm here. And we're like, bro, you didn't get a ticket. Like, How many seats uh, is so it? So it'll be around 3,000 people. Whoa. Yeah, so it's Where do you host it? Arts. Oh, the Palace of Fine Arts. Yeah. That's where we did ours. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Great location. Yeah, great It's location. a little challenging. It's a lot to produce, but we have amazing partners. Are you using the theater there? Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, no, not the theater. Not the theater. You're the, making we're building, your own stage. We're building our own yeah, stage. Yeah, that's like, that was my style always is to keep the you cost low. To. You keep the brand and you keep yeah. the brand strong, right? Yeah. Because you can do all the cool things. 3,000 people. Wow. Yeah, but it'll probably be around 5,000 people in the city because not everyone will be able to get in. Oh. Um, so... But that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, like this is, it's a, it's a, Blavity has a lot of first world startup problems, right? Mm. Where it's like, I'm complaining about people trying to sneak into a tech conference. Yeah. No, <laughs> when you're at that point, it's pretty great. Really? Right? But San Francisco is just broke for running conferences. It I'm so tired place. of running conferences in this city. Like, no, it's so bad. It's We're thinking so about bad. shuttles. Like, how do you shuttle people you don't. from, but, what? UberX, the you guy, UberX, Lyft line. 65% of people are not from San Francisco. They're not from the Bay. They're flying in here. Where do they even stay? Their hotel blocks are insane. No, they, they it's like such a ripoff. You tr they make you like pay this exorbitant fee and yeah, then you're the on the hook for all the books. It's crazy. I just told everybody Airbnb, you know. But like, Airbnb is totally locked down. I mean, you know these. I think problems. I'm actually considering, we moved Launch Festival to Sydney for two years mm. just because I wanted to take oh, right. a break from yeah. running a 15,000 person conference because every time we'd find a location, we'd f we would fill it yeah. and then they would start extorting more money from us. Yep. And I was just like, uh, I don't know that the people here need to know us any better. So let me go find people around the world. Right. And if we bring it back here, I'm thinking I would bring it back to Oakland right? or... San Jose or Tough. San Carlos or something like that. It's I think Oakland the... would be the move. You know, I think Oakland the infrastructure in yeah. Oakland is a little bit tough as well, getting people across the bridge. Yeah. But you know what the thing is? I give free tickets to people who right. are founders. founders. Mm -hmm. And so that'll make it much easier. Oh, here we go. The Palace of Fine Arts. There it Beautiful. is. Yeah, I didn't get my invite to speak. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So we don't invite white people to speak at Afrotech necessarily often. Occasionally. Occasionally? <laughs> Occasionally. What, how much cred do I need to have? So I'm going to interview somebody. So we had Ben from um, Pinterest. Well, Ben's, oh, from Pinterest. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Ben Horowitz. Um, no, we haven't had Ben Horowitz speak, um, although I did just invite Jeff because he did an, an amazing uh, investment in Wonder School, Chris Bennett. Um, mm. And Dries and Horace just let that round. Anyways, yes. Yeah. So in terms of your your original question, which is like, what do I think yeah. about how difficult this is and and where we are today? Yeah. I think we've gotten better. Um, I think that it's easier now for anyone to start a startup. Period. Period. Right. Yeah, because of the lower cost. Right. And access to information. Right. People can listen to this podcast. They can learn. Right. Mm. Um, I think that. That has created, um, it's easy to raise a million dollars. I think that's like the threshold that it's like, it is much easier now today to raise a million dollars than it was five years ago, mm. or even for me. Um, now your series A, I think that's tough for everybody. I mean, I think yeah. your series A numbers are, have to be insane. Bonkers. Yeah. To be what do you think you there. need to clear market to get a series A today? Cause yours is a series A. Yeah. Mine was a series A. Um, million dollars in revenue, two million, three million. Wait, 
for Pretty a consumer, nice. for consumer media, way up. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do much better mm. than that. At least for me. And I don't yeah. know what other people's numbers are. I mean, I think that's that's the, the, the challenge is like a black female founder um, who's non-technical. You know, I have a lot of statistics that would show you that I shouldn't be here, like that we should not be this that successful. Is an, that is an issue. Like I'm an, I mean, I'm technical, but I'm not a developer, mm-hmm. right? And so I think being non-technical, one strike. Right. Like why Combinator always wants like two developers on the team, right. which... I think the criticism of Y Combinator is that it is biased against non-developers, which then means... They're explicitly biased against Explicitly biased. And yeah. I, do you think they're explicitly biased against uh, underrepresented founders because of that? Because there might be a lower penetration of developers. Like women you know? might skew more towards marketing or sales right. on a percentage basis. Uh, or leadership positions. But you can have co-founders. I mean, my co-founders yeah. are men, right? Yeah. And, well, they're all black, but yeah. they didn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, I think they say at Y Combinator, you have to have a technical co-founder. You have to. Right? right. It's like yeah. the rule. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Or it's highly suggested if you if you look at Michael's feed on Twitter. Yeah. I feel like he was just talking about this. It's like He was just talking about Right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, just get over yourself and get one. Yeah, if you're a CEO, one of your hardest jobs is recruiting. If you can't recruit your own co-founder, then like you probably can't recruit your so own. I think it's a double standard though, because if you look like Evan Williams, myself, mm-hmm. Mark Pincus, none of, none of us are writing code. I mean, we're technical and that we right. understand the technology, but that's we're not coders. And those are all people who've built very significant Huge, businesses. Yeah, right. Right. I agree. I think it's a double standard. I'll be honest. It's a challenge. I will say that having my CTO has allowed us to be faster. Mm. Right. Like we can make more mistakes faster because he can just do it without the cost of having to hire engineers, particularly early on. Mm. Now at a series A, I can hire engineers. It's fine. But in the beginning. Right. Where's the money coming from? What was I going to do? Yeah. That's the one thing for early, early stage companies. If you have a technical person, you don't have to worry about finding a developer and paying them an outrageous amount of money. And then. Now, if I'm building an e-commerce company and it's not something that's like, you know, if the product isn't tech, then. Perhaps I don't need a technical co-founder. I am so excited that Campaign Monitor is a new partner here at This Week in Startups. Welcome to the family, Campaign Monitor. If you don't know Campaign Monitor, it is the easiest to use email marketing platform in the world. They have amazing mobile-friendly templates and a drag-and-drop email editor, as well as award-winning 24-7 customer support. It's used by over 200. 150,000 businesses worldwide. And we started using it for our ad campaigns. And you're not going to believe this, but we tripled our open rate. We we now have a 48.5% open rate with our first campaign. And that was in under 24 hours. And here's how it works. You go to campaignmonitor.com slash twist. And this is us actually building it. You sign up for free. Again, campaignmonitor.com slash twist. Create an account. Zip, zip, zip. And then you click on create a new campaign. And my CMO press names the campaign, the launch scale invite. And he says, uh, let's personalize it with the person's first name. Boom. Now he's going to pick one of these beautifully designed templates. There's so many to choose from, and they're all designed by award-winning designers. And he finds one he likes. We value your uh, feedback. And he says, you're invited to launch scale. He edits it. You see him go to Google Docs, cut and paste, zip, zip, zip. And... Instead of completing a survey, he says, hey, I'm going to make this template my own. I'm going to apply for a free founder pass. 
You saw him zip into the footer and say, you know what? We focus on YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, and Instagram. And he puts that in there. You see him putting our sponsors in. And he actually works at this pace. He's a superhuman uh, CMO, Presh. And here's the preview window. Beautiful. You can see what it looks like on mobile. Perfect. He picks what list he wants to share it with. And then he can schedule the delivery. Does he want to send it now or at a specific time? He's going to pick a specific time. Eastern time, tomorrow, in the morning. Boom. And he can look at the worldwide view of people opening it in real time. The first person opened it in uh, Arizona. And we can zip in and watch over time people doing it. That's how easy it is. And they have over 250 integrations in their app store. And you can connect it to your favorite CMS, your blog, or other third-party software. And again, in our first test, we tripled our open rate to 48.5% in the first 24 hours. You can easily set up A-B testing and figure out what works and what doesn't. And you can create these custom automated emails that you've probably been getting where you send multiple emails over time to somebody in a campaign, huh? All this stuff is available right now at a very affordable price. Go to campaignmonitor.com slash twist and you'll just go to campaignmonitor.com slash twist. Listeners who sign up and become a customer will receive a free t-shirt. Once again, campaignmonitor.com slash twist. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. What's Shadow and Act? Shadow and Act is like the Hollywood Reporter, but... Covering like Black Hollywood, so oh. new shows that are coming out, um, box office reports, mm. things of that nature. It is a, it is amazing how just ten years ago, uh, African Americans were super underrepresented on TV, and now the top shows crushing it, crushing it. Do you watch Power? I just met the co-creator of Power with Fifty Cent. We were playing poker yeah. last week. He's a white guy, yeah, uh, but a cool cat. And he's insane. He's like a crazy poker player. Really? Yeah. Was uh, 50 Cent there too? 50 wasn't there. Okay. But I was asking him about Lala because the <laughs> only thing I knew about power. Team Lala. Was Lala was naked and having <laughs> like crazy sex scenes on it because I'm a crazy Nick fan. Right. And when Carmelo Anthony was fighting with the Knicks, all these Knicks fans, this is in very poor taste, are trolling Carmelo Anthony. Right. With videos and gifts of Lala, of Lala acting, no. and the show is a Showtime show, so I think it gets yeah, it's a little there. steamy. It's on there for sure. Uh, but uh, I, right now, I, I listen to a podcast called "Still Processing" by Jenna Wortham, mm-hmm. and I always forget her co her co host name, but he's great too. He's like a really good film um, film uh, writer. And they tip me off to all the things I don't know about black culture. And so they tip me off to Insecure. So good. Which I am addicted to. Like, Issa Rae is the best. I am so in love with Issa Rae. Like this morning I was in the gym, on the treadmill, watching. Did you watch this week's I, episode? I didn't watch it, but I know it happened because I run Blavity. So right. Lawrence is back. Lawrence, number one, Lawrence, Lawrence. Lawrence is back. <laughs> but two, they're dropping Molly at Coachella. Hey. Because <laughs> Beyonce is at Coachella. Right. But I know that because I listened to Still Processing and they did like an emergency podcast because I didn't understand the significance of Beyonce. Big deal. Coming to Coachella, yeah. which is white culture, a bunch of young Doing white girls. Doing a whole HBCU. And did a whole black college. Crazy. Thing. Yes. It was a big moment. Huge moment. 
I would never know is a big moment if I didn't listen to this podcast, but that was a huge moment in black culture. Explain right. why. Um, so HBCU culture, which stands for Historically Black College and University, is yes. and and Greek culture on top of that. You know, she had a lot of elements of stepping, of, yes. you know, call and response, drums, drums, the national black anthem. What's the sway dance that I'm not good at? What's it? What sway? sway? There was something oh, sway. I don't know. I'm not good at There's some dances. sway dance that they kept referencing and they were like, yeah, by the end of it, like the white Coachella girls really were like sway? doing, the, they were kind of trying to figure she it does, out. I mean, Beyonce. She killed it. Put so many elements into all her choreography, yeah. like African influences. It's just yeah. insane. Um, also, she just had twins. Like, we right. can't ignore that part, mm. right? And um, as a black female, just crushing it on yeah. stage. I mean, you had a whole marching band at Coachella. Crazy. Yeah. You know? Right. And so, she was the best act ever, like in the history of Coachella. It was amazing. I think. It was at like what two o'clock in the morning too. It was like some sort of weird time zone that yeah. we were all watching it streamed on live at the same yeah. time. No, lot. they wouldn't stream it, and or no, the we stream went down because I was watching like a Periscope stream of it. No, we were watching it, but oh, not, yeah. maybe it was night two. They didn't stream it, but they streamed. Oh, the that first was it. Because I missed the first week like, and the second yeah. week. I heard about this so much right. on still processing that I had to go. Right. And so, like, on Saturday night, I'm, like, waiting Ready. for this. I'm, like, tweeting. And then I got a Periscope stream. And that was the next controversy is that right. Coachella didn't stream Beyonce the second time. Right. When it's the same price. Like, Makes why no would sense. you go to Coachella the second week? You know? It's like, it just this, happened. I think what people do is they rent a place for a week. Mm. I went one time. What they do at Coachella is you rent a house for a week. You go to the first weekend, right. then you chill, relax, go to parties for the week. Right. You know, whatever, Monday through Thursday, you recuperate after taking tons of Molly and whatever. People <laughs> Palm are taking, Springs. Palm Springs. <laughs> and then on Friday, you start it all up again. Right. So people do go both because if you miss Beyonce the last time or she crushed it, you want to see it again. Right. And then because there's three or four stages, you, you can, can miss, hit the different ones. You can see the different things. Um, but the other one they got me into was Atlanta, which I didn't even know yeah. existed. And they were... The first season I got in, that's really good. So good. Um, but I Such don't an watch... interesting culture that a lot of people don't know a lot about. You know, yeah. people see the uh, see future trap music and all these yeah. things. They're like, where does this come from? And it's like, right. it's a whole city. Like Migos. Atlanta. Yeah, Migos. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm... Okay, Migos. Jason. Yeah. No, I'm... <laughs> well, you know what? I grew up in Brooklyn. It's very weird. You grow up in a city like Brooklyn that's so integrated. Right. You look at race in a very different way because we all dealt with each other and it was no big deal. Right. Then I came to California and it got very weird. It's so weird here. L.A. and San Francisco are very weird because white people lived in one place, black people lived in another place, Korean people lived in another place, and then everybody drives their cars and everybody's scared of each other. Yeah. And like, there's like this like underlying tension between races in California. That it's I so didn't unnecessary. It's like we live in the same communities. We go to the same Whole Foods. Like, right. It's the same thing. But in New York, you're on the train every day together. So that's what all I think close. is mass transit. You're like yeah. when you're all on the subway together. And then in L.A., it's like everything's spaced out. And right. Different communities live in different places. I just felt it very weird on a race basis. Yeah. Um, but that's why I, I like to listen to podcast. You don't do any podcasting yet? We don't do podcasting. We're How sticking... do you look at podcasting? So, you know, we people ask me about podcasts all yeah. the time. You know, I think we're really trying to make sure we do um, distribution of written content well and mm. video. And the newsletters is really where we're focusing a lot of our energy because so of smart. what we talked about, just owning that conversation with people, mm. um, particularly as we're getting into midterms and the election season. There's yeah. a lot of stuff we need to do on, on our newsletters. 
Like what? Get people out to vote? Yes. Get people to, out to vote and get people elected, more importantly. Like get some of these amazing black politicians elected. What do you think of the uh, Cam- Cambridge Analytica Russian, yeah, maybe Palantir, who knows, being involved in uh, trying to suppress the black vote specifically? Using yeah. Facebook ads. It's pretty gnarly. I would I suppose. think it's real. Um, you think it's real, yeah. A hundred percent. Um you know, I think we our, our website is targeted constantly. Um even early days we would go down for for two days. The Russians. Three days. Yeah. I mean you can you can track where these things are coming from. Mm. Um and because it's sophisticated, but it's also like they're not hiding it oftentimes. Yeah. Um, and we're, we weren't even that big to be targeted as frequently as we were. Um, you know, I wonder what inst- their goal was. Maybe I to get know. the email list and then Who knows? target. See, I think what they were trying to do was get the email lists and get and then target those people on Facebook because they can match it and then get them to. That was and my we have highly influential people. Yeah that follow Blavity, right? Like we have mm. all the activists for Black Lives Matter. We have celebrities. We have people with huge, mm. huge followings on Twitter and Instagram. And it's like, yeah, if you were going to target, try to take down the black vote. Right. That would be a good way to do it. Don't do it, though. Please don't do <laughs> Please it. Please don't do it. Well, I mean, it's got to be heartbreaking. I know it is for me to just watch, like, the country get ripped apart based on race so that Trump can be president. Which like worked. And it worked. It's just so disheartening because I don't think the majority of people agree with this, but it's activating a base of people that it felt like we had like left behind and we're like a dying breed. Like we're not gonna have to deal with these racist assholes who, you know, like want to do tiki torches and whatever. And this is all being enthusiastically pumped up by the president. Well, and I think the other thing is that it wasn't just let's engage these people who are going to vote for Trump. It was also, let's disengage a lot of people who would have otherwise maybe voted for Hillary. But in fact, they they just didn't vote because we were just like, we're not going to vote for the lesser of two evils. We're just Mm. going to abstain, which in fact actually meant voting for Trump. That's how we threaded the needle. Right. So it's all going to come out. I think think it's going to look so bad for Facebook when it comes out. It's happening. Right. But I, I think when it happening. really comes out, when Mueller gets that report out and yes. people see like the, because I don't think people have seen the ads and seen the targeting. The visuals of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I kind of brutal. You. And and the Twitter accounts. I mean, we shouldn't let Twitter pass either. All the bots, yeah. all those conversations. I've seen so much data like MIT Media Labs. They're doing some really cool research projects on like the fake Twitter accounts mm. um, and how that has influenced all of us. Yeah, Jack is starting to figure that out. I mean, the problem with being a public company is when he decreases and blocks those accounts, growth right. appears to be right. You know, like they may need those million new accounts, even though half of them are faked for Wall Street, right. for optics. Or the and, engagement. Or the engagement. Right. And then it's killing the service because it's very hard to even be on the service with all these like spam accounts. I say something nice about Tesla, I get right. 50 tweets. Robots. Yeah, that yeah. are like Tesla shorts. And then as a black woman, I mean, I don't even, you must it's get atrocious. destroyed on there. It's atrocious. Even our, our brand, I mean, we've thought about taking Blavity off Twitter, which we can't do, of course, mm. for like obvious reasons. But it's it's like an emotional abuse. It is day. abuse. I mean, I see it in Elon, who we're very close friends. And I think like 
this amount of abuse that he's being subject to, mm-hmm. like, listen, boohoo, he's a billionaire, but it does psychologically, we're all humans. And if people are attacking you constantly, it's brutal. And then I said something nice about Serena Williams and her, you know, sort of fight for right. like, hey, women get treated differently than men. And it's like so obvious. You look at this other umpire mm-hmm. and the umpire would give warnings to men who threatened him. Were right. cursed at him, right? And then Serena Williams getting like a point taken, a game taken, a whole point. It's, and it's like this sounds crazy to me. And so I tweet this, and then the number of white men who were angry at that tweet from me. Do you think they were me, real? That's the question. And that's Do what you I don't think know. They were real. So this could be the Russians playing psych ops with us to try I know to. We sound crazy right now, but it's. I actually think it's a thing. I'm. We are simpatico on this because I think what they're trying to do is, they know what are the weakest. What, what are our Achilles heel in this country? Race, which we have a disgusting yep. history with. Guns, yep. which we have a terrible track record with. And abortion and women's right to choose. Right. So what are they trying to stir up? The things that divide right. us, not the things that get us together. How do you decide if you're going to do another brand or not? Because every time you launch one of these brands, it's like more overhead and For sure. stuff. So, so you I have bought, five now. I bought two. I bought, oh, you bought Shadow two. and Act and Travel Noir last year. Um, nice. Those are two acquisitions. And so Travel Noir has been in business for five years and it's an incredibly strong brand, but didn't have a media aspect. They were only on Instagram, oh. so a huge Instagram following. Um, and so we built, you know, did what we do well, build the media on top of it. Shadow and Act have been around for eight years and so it had a huge industry following, like amazing um, email newsletter. It's like Deadline Hollywood. Exactly. And so all the agents are on the newsletter and, and everything, but they didn't have any consumer part of the brand. Mm. Great. We could do consumer really well. Um, these are the five that we're going to stay with for now. Um, I think it's really about thinking about the whole life cycle of someone every day in the black community, right? So it's like, okay, you wake up, you need your news. Absolutely. What are you going to eat? You're thinking about Christmas or Thanksgiving. Well, what does it look like to be a black woman who's vegan trying to cook Thanksgiving dinner? Well, that's 2190. We're going to make sure you have all the right recipes. We know what you're doing. Your career, Afrotech. Everyone should be considering themselves as an entrepreneur and a technologist. Black women are the fastest group of growing entrepreneurs in this country by far. Makes total sense to me. Right? Et cetera, et cetera. Keep going. Well, I, you know, growing up in New York, um, watching the hip hop movement mm-hmm. up close in the 90s, because I was, I had launched my magazine, Silicon Eye Reporter, and then I used to play basketball with a guy named David Mays, who created The Source. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I used to play basketball with him. And DJ Clue and Diddy, mm-hmm. Queen Latifah. It was like a pretty cool, like New York kind yeah. of moment. And um, they were so entrepreneurial. I remember I met a guy named Mo Jeans and he would do like, he was making jeans and like everybody was like Had trying to. Hustles. So much hustle. Yeah. Like, and they were crushing it. Um, and so it makes total sense. Like Afrotech would just be crushing it as well. And we just had our first. Af- female African-American founder in our incubator, this class. Mm-hmm. And we're going through it. And I was like, I'm sorry, you, there must be a typo. You're $300,000 a year in revenue? And she's like, no, no, that was last month. I'm like, you, I'm zang, crushing you, have, it. Like, you have no investors? She's like, well, we, know, we have an investor. I was like, okay, how much did you raise? 50000 But see, this is the and challenge. Like, oh this, my is, God. this is the whole point of what you're we asking last yeah. time, right? Yeah. It's like, why are black people not getting funding? 
when we have raw numbers like that, that you look at it. And when I first went, went out to raise money, I remember New Media Ventures was my first investor and they were like, these can't possibly be your numbers. Hmm. And I was like, they are. They're like, and you spend nothing on Facebook ads and organic. And like, all like, I was like, what's a Facebook ad? Like, yeah. no, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, I didn't know that other media companies buy their traffic. Oh, right? yeah. I didn't know that. I was like, of course it's organic. What are you talking about? People love our content. Right. Um, and I think that it's we don't know how to play the game necessarily in the vocabulary mm. of like knowing what we have is so good that you can go into market and raise a ton of money for this. It's also, I think, the VC ranks are the slowest to change because True. they when they when you start a fund, it's a 10 year commitment for those six people to be in this partnership together. Right. And I got invited to be in a lot of these partnerships. I stayed as an angel because I don't like making decisions with other people. I'm kind of a solo act. <laughs> like, I would be like, be, in a way, like Beyonce, you know, when she right. like left to go out on her own, like she didn't want to be part of a band Goodbye, anymore. Goodbye, Destiny's Child. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like post Destiny's Child. Uh, no, but I and I just knew like when these dudes were recruiting me, they were like, yeah, we go on like a hike together, and then we do these like it was like drum circles and hikes and a bunch. <laughs> like I don't want five new friends that I have to bond with and be like bros with. I'm not a fraternity right. guy. I don't want that in my life. I just want to make my decision and invest. And I think those things are taking so long to change because mm -hmm. they're 10-year cycles. But you have Arlen out there trying to raise a $35 million fund. Right. And Eric Moore is an OG in the business. Mm -hmm. He's, like so He's an investor of ours. Oh, is Eric? Yeah, base. Yeah, base mm -hmm. is incredible. They're Kirby awesome. and Eric sent us great deal flow. And we've been friends for a long time. I mean, we're both good friends with Tony Shea, and he was the original investor there. But right. that's what's got to change, I think. And now you're starting to see Mel Car Carmelo Anthony started mm -hmm. a fund. Will uh, Smith and his team. Who did? Will Smith. Oh, Will Smith is yeah. now... He's with a Japanese soccer player, his yeah. partner, mm -hmm. who I'm meeting with when I'm in Tokyo. Really? Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do with that fund. I didn't understand that one, but I didn't understand it either. Will Smith's like, okay, killing cool. Instagram now. He's crushing he's daily crushing. affirmations on Instagram. <laughs> he's killing Instagram now. Like he just came in and he's like, "Oh, I'm Will Smith. I know how to entertain people. Everybody, step back. Get the fuck out of the way. I right. know what I'm doing." And he literally just was like, "Just, I got this." Okay. And he is hilarious. It's so good. He's so good, and like he just knows how to like create a whole like circus around him. He's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna jump out of a plane for my birthday," and now right. like we're all just like we're just like go to the world left watching and dance. Um, <laughs> So what about video? What are you doing in the video space and how do you look at that? You know, video, we have not done video well. I'll be totally mm. honest with you. Yeah. You know, we've tried a, a variety of things. We've tried the web series um, world where we make these web series and go to Facebook and try to get them to buy it or go to YouTube Red and try to get them to buy it. Not knowing again that it's a whole game. You don't just go pitch YouTube Red. No. Like you don't just go pitch Facebook. No. You know. The fix is in. Exactly. But I didn't know that. I got that. a million and a half dollars from YouTube. Did you? Of course. I'm chasing right. Colin Cannon. I just exactly. walked in and I was like, I'm here. Right. But I didn't know that as a founder. I was like, yeah. oh, I got a track record. Of him. And they're just like, oh, that's a guy who didn't gadget. Like, and it's probably paying off for them, honestly. It did okay. We did okay in that. But I just thought like working on YouTube was just like indentured servitude. They're taking 45% of the revenue. Yeah. That's, and it's like, okay, it's well, insane. if you're taking 45% off the top and then I have to pay the sales team 10%, 15%, right. now I'm at 30% and marketing. And then I got to do production. So I got like 35 cents on the dollar left to make this. You might as well not do it and just do it yourself. It and makes no sense. It. Right. Yeah. I can make it myself and then promote it. So right. we post our stuff on YouTube, but we don't turn the ads on. We just use it for distribution and growing the list. Right. 
I think what you should do uh, in terms of audio is you have, of the 45, some percentage are writers. Mm -hmm. This is what I would do. Because you're fascinating, by the way. Like You would be a great host of a podcast. You've never thought about this? I have. I don't have time. Time where? No, no. <laughs> you have to understand. Here's what you do. We can talk about it offline. No, no. I'm going to tell you yeah. right now exactly how to do it. <laughs> I have Emmy Award winning producer Jackie, like people around me who do all this stuff. I show up. They tell me who the guest is. I talk to them. But here's how to look at it. If you do it once a week, mm -hmm. that one hour, you don't have to prepare. You just get on the microphone and say, hey, what are you working on? You're an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. We talk. It's interesting. Right. But that's once a week. Those 50 people that they pick, just tell them, pick people who I need to meet for Blavity anyway. Right. So you interviewing me or the BuzzFeed person or an investor, we're not going to say yes because you got reach. Mm -hmm. And then you built a deep relationship. So if you just looked at it as instead of like one business lunch a week, just every time people ask me to have business lunch, I'm like, come on the podcast. Right. And if there's something left to say after an hour and a half on the podcast, I will <laughs> absolutely go get a burger with you. Right. Or we're in San Francisco, an impossible burger right. or something. Definitely. But this is what you should do because you would crush it. And then when you don't have a guest, here's the other secret. You just grab two people from your staff and you're mm -hmm. like, let's just run down through the news. Boom. Right. Just here's what happened. Like that guy wrote the Serena Williams crazy right. drawing. I don't know if you saw that. It's mm -hmm. like, oh my God. It's, like, it's 2018 people. What are you doing? It's just like a 90 year old cartoonist in Australia who did this. And he was so proud. But I'm like, is that a Russian? Russian he cartoon? <laughs> no. That was literally in a newspaper. No, I know. It was, it was like, messed up. It was messed up. But it's crazy. And they drew like, the but they did it Japanese woman as blonde, blonde hair. hair. It's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Insanity. But I, also, I'm that just like, crazy. are people really... Anyways, we can, I can go on and on. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think a podcast... Um, I'm reluctant to, to start to do new types of uh, media until I feel like we've been able to do things well. So we might be we might be doing okay with uh, five hundred thousand email subscribers. Yeah, you would get two three percent of them to turn it tune in immediately. Mm -hmm. That means you would have ten fifteen thousand people on the Blavity podcast. Right, is that a lot? Like, what is the average day one, which would shoot you up the rankings? Right. Then, since you have an established brand, the iTunes folks, et cetera, would want to do it. Then you already have the inroads to. So when you have an editorial brand, you're on second base. Like. Already you you already know the top 10 topics because you right. define culture with who you pick for your homepage and newsletter. You already have the team. There's somebody on your team who could read the news to you mm -hmm. and then you just respond to it. Boom. It would be, you would be at 20, 30, 40,000 subscribers and you'd be at 50,000 viewers within a month or two and you would be able to sell it as like a value add to your, and then you read the ad. Right. <laughs> yum yum you're leaving money on the table i'm telling you it, the blavity podcast would be bigger than the website i hear that i mean it's something we could podcasts definitely do are bonkers right now because no but it's just such a production no you no. it's only a production if you have cameras like an idiot like me you put up cameras it's the whole thing no cameras kill it the cameras make it 10 times more complex just right. you and i talking on these microphones totally reasonable would be easy right. and if you do that it is going to go bonkers. Um, and then you reading an ad for one of your sponsors and your sponsor team being able to say, Morgan's going to read the ad. Morgan's going to read the ad. Right. It's like, oh, J. Cal's going to read the ad. You know, like, I like RX bars. You like RX bars. Yeah. Like, they got the they got the white tech community eating <laughs> RX bars. You can get the black tech community eating the RX bars. Everybody's happy. Right. Facts. What did I, facts. <laughs> All right. 
Let me let me see if uh, I can get all of my sponsors. No, I'm okay. trying to think of all of the things I've learned from watching Issa Rae. It's been a minute. So many. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, yes, Morgan. It's been a minute. Facts. Facts. What else did I learn from watching Issa Rae? She's got all these words. Issa, Some words Issa, I cannot say. Lots of Issa. Like it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah. Wait, how do I say that? Issa? Like Issa, like it's a, but Issa. Issa, Issa, Issa yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's a standard Brooklyn thing is when you put like two words together. Right. Like when we'd ask, did you have dinner? You'd say, did you eat? Right. Did you eat is one word. Right. Did is that a Brooklyn eat? thing? Did you eat? Did you eat? Did you? Yeah. Did you eat? Yeah. People. Um, all right, well, this has been great. Congratulations on your success from One Media. We're trying to do the same thing with newsletters and inside.com, so I know how hard it is. Um, but man, you're crushing it. Thank you. Great job on the, um, raising money. And I think the collection of brands things worked. What you're going to have to, the thing, if you add any more, you're going to have to start thinking about, oh, if it's not working, how do I turn one off? Oh, we shut them off. We've done it before. Yeah. Yeah. These are the ones that work. Um, you know, I think sports and music are the ones that we intentionally didn't launch with for obvious reasons. What's the obvious Um, reason? There's too many, too much competition. Well, black girl launches hip hop blog. That sounds exciting. No, right. not at all. Right? Like it's, it's, it's too, too stereo- It's too stereotypical. You yeah. know, black gotcha. girl launches tech brand. Right? Like that's different. Yeah. It's new. It's a whole white space. Like we can do whatever we want. Yeah, There's so no to speak. It, right? <laughs> got you. Good one. I got you. I got you. Um, you know, <laughs> but sports. I mean, you've got the undefeated. You're already people are already kind of yeah. doing well there. Yeah, I think that's smart. If you go to the areas that are growing, mm-hmm. that's what I've always done: is try to find the area that's underserviced. And then over-service it. Right. Like, oh, there's no AI newsletter? Great. Inside.com slash AI. And, okay, now it's five Crushed days a week. It. It's like, oh. And then it's like, where are you going to advertise you if you're an AI company? You create the market for yourself. And people are like, I didn't know I cared this much, but now I do. Um, I think that's exactly right. Uh, you should do one on um, dating. So or you put that dating. under 2190. No, I would I would make that its own thing. Yes, I think that's dating you know, sex. Like millennial dating. And sex. Oh, that would be so like, good. rush it. So good. And everyone's doing this whole poly thing and the Tinder this and Yeah, that the and, poly thing is like. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, that's open a relationship, strange, ex- man. Not exclusive. All the phrases, the vocabulary. It's complicated yeah. to be 28 and single. It is. I see. I wish this existed when I was in the game because I would be so good at Tinder and texting. <laughs> but what does that mean to you? you? Don't want to be good at Tinder. But I would just. Be, I'm. I'm a writer. See, as a writer, like if you'd be charming on on oh, on the swipe. I'm so good on text. I would be so funny. I would. But are you going to multitask? Are you going to date like five people at once and text five people at once? It's like a whole job. That's crazy. I, what I heard is that young people now hook up, mm-hmm. then they decide if they want to have a relationship. Right. You can confirm this or not? I personally cannot not confirm you, or you, but deny, as a, as but a spokesperson yes. for all millennials. Yeah, people certainly skip some steps and then decide, do I actually want to spend time with this person? Right. Like, do have... I actually want to get to know this person and like put them yeah. in my life and my Instagram and the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> millennials are fascinating. It's a whole thing. In yeah. one way, like they get der- every generation gets derided. Like we got derided as Gen X for being just too ambitious and also too like emotionally like absorbed in ourselves. Like emo, right? We'd be called emo, emo, emo goth, whatever. You were yeah. just like too about yourself, right. too egocentric. The millennials get dinged with, I think, 
not wanting to work hard and being entitled, entitled yeah. and narcissistic. And having so many options where it's like, it's fine. I'll just do something else. That's kind of like Tinder. It's like, you know, if I'm in a relationship, it's like, okay, that's a really big commitment. I think they're smart when it comes to like experiences are more important than making money. Mm-hmm. I think we got sold a different bill of goods. We were like told like. You bought houses and things. Yeah. Like you I don't have, have to car. get a house. You got to get a car. I don't have a car and I live in LA. Five I'm cars. I'm so happy. Seriously. I'm an idiot. <laughs> what happens? I keep, Elon keeps making new cars. Fair. And I buy them. And he always gives me like an early one. So I have right. a founder like series or something. Tesla. I got the new sexy Tesla. And I'm just like. And then I went to my wife and I was like, all right, I'm going to get the new Roadster 2.0. She's like, you're going to get a fifth Tesla. Where are you going to put it? Do you have a garage? Yeah, pretty crazy. Oh. Anyway, I was like, now I'm going to buy the second Roadster. I still have the original one. I won't get rid of the original because it's number 16. It's a collector's item. Fair. Fair. It's an investment. That's an investment. True. And then so I basically, I told her I wouldn't buy the semi truck. So we came to it. I was like, I'll just get this run roadster. That'll be it. The roadster 2.0 and then right. I'm done. And then it'll be over. Uh, you're yeah. hiring right now or no? I'm hiring engineers and uh, that's it. How many salespeople you got? 45 people. I would guess eight. 12? Higher. Really? Good. 17. That's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. You have to. In I meet so many founders. They have 45 people and there's the four first, people in the sales When team. I raise money... I hired salespeople. That was so the first thing smart. I spent money on three years ago. You should um, keep doing the event stuff. Mm-hmm. I had great success in my career doing events. Events are good. I I mean, I... Print it's... money if you get them right. Oh, man. it's I'm struggling. I'm struggling with the, the scale. How do you get it above four or 5,000 people in San Francisco? No, you're, it's not going to work, but you do it in L.A. See... L.A. could work. What you're going to realize is that you are the draw. And when that hits in your head, then you change how you look at the world. Like I look at right. it, I'm like, wherever I go, that's where it's. They will go. They will go. So I did Sydney. Right. People came. Right. And then we did Angel Summer. I was like, yeah, we're doing it up in Napa. And if well, you want to come, come. Absolutely. Boom. People come. So like if you do it and you do it as part of, that's what actually I would look at is, is there an event you can tag mm-hmm. Afrotech onto? So what's the biggest African-American, black? culture like essence festival in yeah. new orleans well it used to be the source awards back in my day yeah what would be the or like bet experience happens in la every year that's huge so what you do is the week before yeah so if that's starting on sunday night monday mm-hmm. you do yours wednesday thursday friday right afro tech make it a whole and su- saturday you have like a closing party or whatever yep uh and then that starts now Anybody who's coming to that can come three days earlier and catch what you're doing. Right. One flight. They're going to stay in L.A. for a week. They, they're looking it's for LA, an excuse to stay three more days. Right. You, I, I would just do it in downtown L.A. You can get a dope space. Yeah. Cheap. So right? cheap. It'd be half the price. A we third have our of the women's price. conference in Atlanta, and that has been like yeah. pennies on a dollar to what we pay here in San Francisco. Yeah. Also, don't be afraid to do something elite like a three or $4,000 person event. Oh, man. I don't know if my... If, uh, You'll get there. You don't need to have everybody go. You just well, need to have 100 our people Our platinum go. at Afrotech is 1300 And that's been, those tickets sell faster than right. a lot of our other includes tickets. Includes dinner. It includes a lot. It includes yeah, open dinner. bar. It okay. includes a whole separate venue. It includes a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, events can print money mm-hmm. if you control costs. People don't generally control the costs. And then they're right. like, these events suck. Because they do it at a hotel. Yep. 
at hotels are like, how many people you got? Okay, $500 a day. Food and beverage minimum. Bonkers. Insane. Totally. Bonkers. You got to roll your own. Find your own space. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to, I think I'm going to use the new Oracle Arena. That's when it opens here, the new Warriors that could, Arena. That could really work. So what I'm going to do is... That's one stage. Just do one stage? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like... When I bring Launch Festival back, I think I'm going to bring it back. One stage, one, one big stage, day. One stage, close half the arena. Yep. And black curtain it out. Yep. And then the other half have... That would be 10,000 people. 10,000 free tickets. Right. You know, two or 300 paid. Right. I only try to break even on these things. I right. think that would be a dope location. But you have the theater downtown. What's that theater called by the in, Staples? Um, um, Nokia? Um, yeah, but, you know, BeautyCon does theirs in the convention center downtown uh, LA, too. That's another yeah. option. You just build it out mm. a little bit. Have you ever met um, Sophia Amorosa? I haven't. You know I'm her from Girlboss? Big fan. Yeah, of course. How do you guys not meet? You're, like, the same person, like, <laughs> like total, like... I don't know. Female I'll conference, content. I'll Is she in you. New York or in LA? She's in LA. Really? Yes. Man, the two I'm of flipping. you would be trading notes like you wouldn't believe. Totally. All right. Continue success, Morgan Debon. Uh, Blavity, go check it out uh, if you want to catch up. Even if you're a white guy. Sign on up for that newsletter. You can go there and get that newsletter and understand what's going on. Uh, shadow and Act, if you're in Hollywood. 2190, if you want to be healthier. Now, that's 21. 90 days to make the change, 21... To form the habit. Minutes? Days. days. 21 days to form the habit, 90 days to change your lifestyle. Got it. Afrotech, that's happening November 8th to 11th, but it's sold out or close? Not yet. Not yet. We've got a couple more weeks. couple more weeks. Everybody go check that out. I'll be giving the keynote uh, <laughs> on... I'm just kidding. I'm not giving the keynote on. I could give the keynote on... Everything I know about black culture, which would be like six you gotta recommendations. Come. Actually, you really should come check it out. I'm going to come, Perfect. for sure. I would love to come. Uh, and then Travel Noir, black travel programs, uh, Travel Noir, N-O-I-R-E dot com. And uh, she's hiring. So if you guys, if you're a developer or a writer. Developer. Just developers. you got too many writers. you got a lot of writers. It's come crazy. hang out with me in Atlanta if you are an engineer Oh, Atlanta's data. where you're doing it? We're opening our Atlanta office will be so data smart. and engineering. That's what Paul Judge told me. He's got... He knows what he's, he's doing. On, he's got his lab. He's crushing it. On Georgia Atlanta. Tech. Yep. And Just boop. Beep, graduate beep, and boop. come hang out. No, he's across the street <laughs> yeah. from the campus. And he's like a professor. And then doop, 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 beep, boop. He gets everybody. It's, it's so smart. Um, and uh, you're working on a side? You got a side hustle with the skincare? What's going on? I got a little side hustle. I have a skincare line, Emrose Essentials. Emrose Essentials. Yeah, testing out some commerce. This is uh, skincare for 40-year-old white dudes? Not just skincare for black women, yes. For black women, <laughs> yes. separate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're going to... So that's a very interesting concept as well. Some of the folks who had more traffic than advertisers started making products... A lot of influencers are making products, right? Are they're they? just spinning off. Yep, on Instagram, they're oh. just spinning off their own little commerce brands. Oh right, yeah, it's one like of the, Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner, but like not Kylie Jenner. Mm, that's bonkers when you think She's about it. She's crushing it. I don't know why they don't create their own social network. I well, know that sounds crazy. Apps. They have their apps, and you can hang out with each other in their apps. No, no what they got to do is, I was just A talking Kardashian to social. Who would that be? What would that even mean? If they put just their content on there and they just directed all their traffic from the other social networks there, 
and they reserved the names for everybody else, right. and they gave those people 100% control and the money from their verticals. Imagine if they went to Will Smith and said, you're getting paid zero on Instagram. Right. Come over here. Any ads we sell on your page, you'll take 70% and we'll take 30%. I think it would work. I'm talking to, I did a whole thing about like somebody should create a, a creator-friendly YouTube yeah. and compete. And like, when I say one of the top YouTube stars, I mean like one of the top, 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 mm -hmm. most influential, big money stars is in a DM thread with me right now. Trying to figure out how to make this platform. And we're like brainstorming. Like if you were going to create a YouTube coexister. Right. But that that's what always freaked me out. Like. When they did the, you know, deprecated black Twitter mm -hmm. hashtags on Twitter, I was like, why doesn't black Twitter make its own black thing? Twitter make its own Twitter? It would uh, yeah. kill it. Well, we need to build these platforms yeah. and get these engineers. Give me some time, Jason. Yeah, I know, I know. Hello? You're getting there. You're getting there. You're getting there. All right. It's been a minute. All right. I hope Chris Jenner was listening, though, because I agree with you. I think it's a huge opportunity yeah. because if you're being ignored on the other platforms and they won't share what it, what it comes down to is money. Yeah. The other platforms were not sure. I give YouTube credit for sharing 55%. That's right. a lot more than everybody else. But well, I think Snapchat it should be. Snapchat is giving Kylie, I mean, Kylie runs Snapchat. She does? Absolutely. And they give uh. her these like commerce things, like all her, their new commerce uh. features. She's getting first rights to test mm. everything. Oh, that's interesting. So she sells a lot of stuff on there. So she sells all her stuff on there. Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. Continued success with Blavity. Everybody check it out. Sign up for the newsletter. Get your email in there. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>